TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 423, and I'm Libya, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University here in L.A. Hi, this is Greg, a TV enthusiast from St. Louis, uh, home of the Stanley Cup champion. Whoa, really nicely done. Go ahead. And this is Allison, and I write reviews for Widenopolis. All right, let's start off with the news. The only piece of news I have is that CBS All Access is doing The Stand, and they are circling uh, James Marsden to be their lead. No! (laughs) Craig, tell us how you really feel. No, James Marsden slash lead just does not compute. Bland white guys need love, too. (laughs) Bland is the key word. Yeah. He's a he's good su- he's a good supporting actor. Yeah, he's a good supporting actor, but you know, he has no charisma, I have to say. He has none. But anyway, uh Tom, you have more news. Yes, I do. Okay, BET has nabbed the Tyler Perry drama The Oval, which is a White House set drama. CBS, okay, remember how a couple of weeks ago we talked about how CW was getting advertising increases? despite the fact that viewership on networks is low. Mm-hmm. Well, CBS is also doing the same thing, primetime and late-night games and for ad rates. I think that's hysterical, that viewership is down, which makes them even more valuable, so we can charge more money. That's like <laughs> bass awkward thinking. Uh, in addition to Jason Marsden, CB, uh, The Stand is also uh, considering our wooing Whoopi Goldberg and Amber Heard for leading roles. Uh, FX's Why the Last Man, based on the DC Vertigo comic, has hired Eliza Clark as the new showrunner. Netflix has renewed The Rain for its third and last season. Paramount Network picked up Yellowstone for season three, even, board, even before season two premiered last week. <laughs> USA, ne- USA Network is wooing Demi Moore to join their remake of a remake of Brave New World. Oh, I knew that one. Based on the Aldous Huxley Huxley novel. Maybe the third time will be the charm. You know, the second one wasn't bad, even though it was really, really, really abbreviated. It was like the Cliff's Notes version. Yeah, well, and they also kind of put the emphasis in the wrong place. It was just, it was beautifully mounted. It just, it just was, it was contrary to the entire meaning of the novel. There's and somebody the else that's starring in that uh, from one of our shows. And I'm blanking on Want who it is. Want me to look it up real quick or keep on going? Keep on going because there's somebody that I was like, oh, I like that actor. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, Warner Brothers has renewed John Wells' production deal for five years. This is bringing him to almost 40 years with the studio. Currently, he has Animal Kingdom and Shameless on the air which are uh, from his production company, JWP. And the winner of the J.J. Abrams Bad Robot Contest is, drumroll please, Warner Media has signed J.J. Abrams for both film and television exclusively for a lucrative $500 million. Still not worth it. 
To do yeah. what? To do his thing. To his mystery his box thing. thing, which I think is a b- bunch of BS. But oh His mystery box thing? What? There, he did a famous uh, TED lecture about the mystery box, which I think is what's wrong with his, his Oh, style, yeah. I remember that. I remember that. So, um, yeah. I You know, it's it's Hollywood. It's like, you want them? We want them, too. How much are you willing to pay? We're willing to pay more. <laughs> oh, it's uh, the dude from the um, Han Solo movies also going to be in Brave New World. Oh, Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah. That's not who I was excited about. Because I, I think he's also a bland white guy. Wait, wait, you mean Ron Howard or you mean the actor? The actor. The actor. Oh, oh one more thing. I thought he was good in Hansel. I thought he was fine. And he was terrific in uh, Hail Caesar. Netflix, which only releases ratings when they feel like it, <laughs> has announced that Murder Mystery, Adam Sandler's latest film, which got a tepid reception from uh, NPR's critics, although they love Jennifer Aniston, who they said, she's giving a performance. Why did she bother? <laughs> <laughs> It was seen by close to three, 30.9 million households. Oh, you're in kidding. Its, in its first three days. Yeah. Wow. Proving Americans have no taste. Yes. Oh, no. This, is, this isn't just Americans. This is worldwide. 13. It's worldwide. 13. People all over the world have no taste. 13.3 million in the U.S. and Canada, and 17.5 million more worldwide. So. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, that showed up when I when I clicked on a Netflix. It was the first thing I saw, and I just thought, not. Allison's like hell to the no. A <laughs> <laughs> universe of no. All right, a guys. Universe of no. Guys, guys, we have to get started. One more, one more piece of news. Mark Paul Gosseler is uh, is the recast of Young Rainbow's father in ABC's Mixedish. Replacing Anders Holm, evidently who the network was so not high on that they did not air the backdoor pilot last season. Wow. Okay. So that's when you know, yeah, we are so not into you. I'm like, why did you cast him? All right. Uh, Let's move on to the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Fear the Walking Dead. And, God, what happened? Oh, this episode was actually kind of interesting because I love Dory a lot. So it was Dory and June go to his old stomping grounds. Well, sort of. It's a chain, so it's not the exact uh, western park he used to work at, but uh, reasonable facsimile. And they need supplies and stuff like that. And that it's it's kind of cute. I really like that part. And then, of course, it all gets ruined when Dwight shows up. Dum dum dum. What did you guys think of Dwight's entrance? Well, you know, if I was going to wish for any of the characters to transfer over from Walking Dead to Fear the Walking Dead, Dwight would not be one of them. He wouldn't have even um, made my top 25 list. No, I mean, no. you know, and I, I this is nothing against the actor because he does a great job playing Dwight, but Dwight is not a character that I long to see. He's, he, I mean, he, I figured that the, the last word on Dwight when he sort of kind of got redemption going after his wife was really all I needed to know about the character. <laughs> I don't, I don't require more from him. So I assume that, well, I hope at least that they will do something that's going to make him more 
tolerable, more well, I mean, more interesting. Although we've known so much about Dwight already, I don't know how that's possible. Well, so I, I, I yeah, think they I made him a excited. little sympathetic. I think by the end of the well, episode, they, well, they were he was doing a that. Bit. They were yeah, but they were doing that towards the end of of Walking Dead too. You know, they started making him a little more human, a little more sympathetic. But um, you could understand his motivations and all of that. But that still doesn't mean I want to watch more of it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I mean, I'm, ho- I'm hoping maybe that they, they are able to, to change that. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I, was, I was not that thrilled. I mean, was, and also that whole scene where he's trapped in the car made no sense to me because the, wind, the back window was blown out. And you could see the actors <laughs> <the organ. laughs> like doing a fake window. Like, like for some reason, they can't get through, and and they were literally like pawing the back seat. Like, what am I doing? I should be able to crawl through here and kill him, but I can't. You know, it's, it's just the script says so. They uh, didn't think that through. Greg, what'd you think? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, fear is. Uh, I, I mean, still, I, I like that fear is seems way more interesting in their direction that they're going than regular walking dead. And so I was, you know, unlike Allison, I was kind of happy to see Dwight join the show because I have a lot of back story with the character. Um, and so, you know, you know, um, I think of, you know, all, of some of the characters that get moved, like if they, if they tried to move D- move Negan over, I would just turn the TV off. I mean, there's, there's, there's no way I could Yeah, you can't that. redeem I, him. I agree. But, you know, bringing him over, you know, I can see him kind of joining the group. Although, I was kind of like when when, um, like um, uh, Morgan, when Morgan finally saw him, I was like, oh, wait, wait, I can't remember the, the, the timeline. It's like, is Morgan angry with him, or is he not angry with him? Does he know that he got redeemed? I don't know. Are they going to fight? What's going to happen? Well, you have to remember, uh, Morgan was out of his mind the last time he saw Dwight. Oh. He was in his crazy Terminator mode. His crazy I-can't-die sort of thing? Yeah, that's where he was the last time he saw Dwight. So, what I really liked was they looked at each other, and Dwight was like, oh, crap, this is the dude that went around killing everyone. And he was he was backing up, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." You know, he's like, "He's gonna go away." And Morgan was very much like, "No, no, no, you're good." And then he was like, "How'd you get here? The fifty or the 20? And he's like, "Oh, I came around the whatever." I actually thought that was the best kind of moment because it was very kind of almost old world casual, you know, discussing their routes on how they got there, and it really eased the tension. So I thought that was a really good scene. Okay. I guess the only thing, though, um, was that, you know, I, I guess as we're as the characters have been going around and finding like these, you know, these areas that are blocked up by these walkers that have been strung together by entrails. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of thought that that might have been the folks who are in the helicopters or whatever. And then you find then out. Kinda, yeah, and then they kind of reveal at the end of the episode that it's these these kids who are doing this. And so I'm just. I'm um, not. Uh, I'm not I like- agree. I I was really liking this episode until the tag, and yeah. in the tag when they have the kids doing the entrails, it's like, oh, I was like, why would you tell us that the kid they just found all bloody and shaking is faking it? Why would you tell us that before he got to do anything? Like, it's it's a bad move to have the audience ahead of the characters, generally speaking. And to do it deliberately makes no sense to me. I think that's really bad storytelling. Yeah. But we shall see in the next episode. 
But All hey, right. but hey, um, tell your news about uh, Talking Dead, by the way. Oh, uh, just that Talking Dead has been suspended during Fear. So, like, they did an episode at the premiere, and then they're going to do an episode with the finale. But other than that, they're not doing any Talking Dead episodes, but they haven't exactly said why. So... And it's weird because it was in the it was on the it's like in TV guy that it was going to be on but then it wasn't. So huh. that's all. Oh, uh, so next up, uh, I think we're giving it a thumbs up ish, except for the tag. I think that's what we're saying. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Euphoria, and that was also on Sunday on HBO. And this is the new show with uh, Zendaya. Is that how you say her name? Zendaya. Zendaya. So I said it wrong. Okay, thank you. Uh, and I literally, I'm, I'm out of touch. Cause the only reason I know her is from Spider-Man. Um, and I know she's famous for something that everybody she else was on. She was on some Disney channel shows. The most recent one was Casey undercover. That's uh, what, okay. Cause, okay. So I don't feel bad that I didn't know who she was. Cause I was like, I was like, I, should I know who this girl is? Why is everybody acting like I should know who this girl is? Uh, okay. She's also a singer. Yeah. Did still, nah. But like I said, saw her in Spider-Man. Um, but I thought she was actually, her performance in this was really good. And I will tell you this. I went into the show 100% assuming I wasn't going to like it. I had no intention of watching it at all. And the only reason I turned it on was because Peter gave me a really compelling argument about me being a drama snob and not watching anything that doesn't have sci-fi elements or whatever we had a whole big long discussion i was like fine i'll (laughs) freaking turn it on and i have to say the opening the first five minutes where it's like her birth and her childhood all the way up to where she's a teenager i thought that was like really well done um and i mean after that it's not as good but i really did think that was really good storytelling and her voice it's one of the also few shows where i thought the voiceover was pretty effective uh, overall, I'm not entirely sure what the message is for the show or where the show is going specifically, because it, what, what I thought was interesting, let me just tell you what I thought was interesting and then Tom can shoot it down. So <laughs> what I really thought grabbed me was her early prognosis when she's like seven or eight years old and they go to the doctor, she's like counting tiles on the ceiling and they go to the doctor and the doctor diagnoses her with like 10 things and then it's like well we won't really be able to tell so she gets older i was like yeah she's seven what are you guys doing and then they give her a mountain of pills to take every day that just numb her and she says she couldn't even she can't even remember her life from like age eight to twelve or something and so then when she switches over to doing drugs it kind of makes sense to me because she's been numbed her whole life by her own parents who thought they were, I mean, I guess they thought, I mean, I'm assuming they thought they were helping her and doing a good thing, but they were really harming her pretty badly. And this is, so the whole, so normally when you do a show about teenagers and drug use, I have no sympathy, really. But I thought it was fascinating that they talked about the, basically the symptoms that are very prevalent of overdiagnosing children and what kind of ramifications that can have. And from that perspective, I thought it was really interesting. All right, Tom, your thoughts. I'm not a fan. Yeah. I thought it, it was well-produced. It was well-acted. 
who's the show for? Who's the target audience? Who am I supposed to root for? You know, she, obviously she's your protagonist, but when she gets out of rehab and announces via voiceover that she has no intentions of staying straight and doesn't, and then... But you understand oh. why. Like, her whole... Descri- like, that. there's that scene towards the end when she describes the first time she ever had drugs when her parents took her to the hospital and they gave her volume from an anxiety attack. She was like, this is the most calm and peaceful I've ever been in my life. And I just, and she just keeps trying to chase that emotion. And so for me, that really made a lot of sense. The, um, the drug use wasn't the part that really kind of didn't, uh, I, I did it's not that I didn't have problems with the drug use because I do. Right. I'm not saying the, you're supposed the, to endorse it. No, that, not at the, all. The, the thing the thing that I didn't like is her new friend, the new kid in town, which I, I did not realize this from watching the show, but I read a review, and I guess the, uh, the new girl is trans. But when she hooked up with the older dude who used oh, to be so the captain creepy! of the last ship. Oh, my God. That was so creepy. Oh, and, then, and then, of course, we find out and this is like the come on, you guys should be better writers than this. That he happens to be the dad of the school bully. I'm like, oh come on, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, I just thought, you know, the idea, the concept, the theme of overmedicating kids, and which is which lays the groundwork for them to get addicted to hard harder stuff as they get older. I don't have a. Pr- that's an interesting. That's an interesting fertile ground for a series. Yeah. However, comma but can't, you do, can't you do all of that in an ABC after school special? No, not the way they're. No, no, no not no, the way they do is, it here. This, this is, is really hardcore. But, but, it was good, but, man. But when we got to see McSteamy in flagrante, which I didn't need to see. Well, I thought that, that was a body double. That scene. That that scene. I'm sorry. That felt like that felt like sexual assault. I don't care. <laughs> it was sexual it, assault. Okay, then I'm agreeing. It was, it was. It was ill. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with that. I had to pause the television. I did not need to see. I that. did not need that in my life either. I that was the hardest part of the entire episode for me to watch. Dude, I worked then, on that show. <laughs> say what? I worked on the last shift. I worked on that show. I saw him. Oh like yeah, every yeah. Day. Nothing like it, senior lead and oh nothing my God. else. Oh, that, that's why I said that was a body double. That was not him. Anyway, that was not him? That was not him. Yeah, whatever. Still didn't need to see it. <laughs> I didn't um, need to see it either. But just, and then when the, I mean, I don't know. I'm, ugh. Yeah, that made me I don't, feel icky. I, I don't agree like with you I watching TV where I literally feel dirty like I've been violated. <laughs> yeah. Who's the, yeah, just like you said, who's the audience? I mean, is this for, is this for teenagers? Or, it can't be you know? for teenagers. Well, I don't think so. And oh, is it for pervy adults? Well, I hope not. Uh, but I mean, that that was that that was really only that one pervy adult scene. The rest of it was all teenagers. How much but. do you need? <laughs> I'm not disagreeing. That scene was disturbing. And he's a series. He's a series lead. I know. I saw that. Ew. That, that makes it. Even, yes, I know. But I, I really, the thing that's interesting about her character is I'm on her side and not on her side because she's kind of. There's this moment where she's like. I know I'm a horrible person. And I was like, eh. You know, I'm like, I'm not disagreeing. Um, so she was like, I know I'm a horrible person for doing this to her mom. And I really felt bad for her mom. But then I feel like 
it's kind of her mom's. Some of it is her mom's fault. So and what happened to the dad? Thing. The dad just the disappeared. Dad, no, he died. She t- in dialogue. She tells you uh, that when her father died, she had a panic attack, and that's when they took her to okay. the hospital and gave her. I volume. must have zoned out from being her, in a state her... of stuporia. Oh. By wow. the way, her little sister is played by Storm Reed from the ill-fated uh, Wrinkle in Time remake. Ah, that's where. Okay, cool. She was. I mean, she didn't have that much to do, but she. I like that they look similar. I. They, I believe they're well, sisters. Well, I thought it was heartbreaking that her sister is the one who found her when. Oh she yeah, that was terrible. That was terrible. But I mean, that's what. That's what grabbed me in the show. That there's some really good emotional moments. Uh, other than the pervy scenes, but the good emotional moments were really good. I, I really, I really cool. was. Uh, I bought it. Yeah, All but right. overall, I mean, even after seeing the first episode, I mean, can you can you really recommend for people to tune in? Yes, I no. think it's good. I really do. <laughs> okay, and yeah. I told this to you, Greg. I yeah. said, like, watch the opening. I said, watch the opening five minutes, and if you don't like it, you don't like the tone, you don't like where it's going, fine, turn it off. But I thought the rumor had it the ratings were terrible. Rumor had I just watched uh, Hollywood Reporter, and that is incorrect. They said that the ratings were actually uh, extremely good because everybody ended up watching it on streaming. They all watched it on like HBO Go or whatever. So they oh, interesting. The t- so they said two thirds. So two thirds of the they ratings. Didn't want to feel like purrs if they got caught. <laughs> two thirds of the of the uh, of the ratings were from HBO Go and the streaming service. So wow. that's why the initial ratings were lower. Anyway, moving on. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, Perpetual Grace, and uh, this is a show on epics that I I kept seeing the billboards for, and I really love Ben Kingsley, so I was like, what the heck is this show about? What does it mean? And it's got the uh, guy from Westworld, the young um, Bandit Black. What is his name? Simon? Simone? What's his name? Um... I haven't been able to see it, so I have no idea. No, but the guy from Westworld, Man in Black, the younger one. The younger version of the Man in Black. Jimmy Simpson? That's his name. Yes, oh. so it's starring the two of them. It's Ben Kingsley and Jimmy Simpson. Uh, so the the shtick or the, the plot of the show is that Jimmy Simpson used to be a fireman and somebody died on his shift, so he's got all this guilt and he quit and he's wandering around the country. And he's really down, depressed. And this dude comes up to him and is like, I have this plot to steal this money from from my dad. And my parents are terrible people. They've got all this money they got from the church, but they're terrible people. So let's steal their money and keep it for ourselves. I was like, how does that make you less terrible people? But whatever. So uh, the plot is that Jimmy Simpson's supposed to go in, pretend to be a drug addict, except that they actually make him take drugs. Um, and he's supposed to gain the parents' trust, send them down to Mexico looking for their son, and then while they're gone, he pretends to be the son and steals all the money out of their account. That's the overall plan. Of course the plan goes sideways, but it goes sideways in really interesting and spectacular ways. Like, at first, it looks like the plan's gonna go, like, they go, the parents go down to Mexico like they're supposed to, but they're supposed to be held in Mexico in prison for two weeks and then released, and that goes sideways, and I won't spoil how, and then Jimmy Simpson basically 
uh, he should have asked the question like, why don't you, you know, go and get the money? Like while the, your parents are gone, why don't you come and get the money out of the accounts? Why do I have to pretend to be you? Like that doesn't make sense. And he doesn't give him a real good explanation. And then he, by the end of the episode, you find out why he doesn't want to surface as himself. Uh, and that was a really cool, interesting plot twist. Um, and who else is in it? Oh, the guy from Lost. Uh, Locke from Lost is also in it. So it's an all-star cast. And it's really well acted. And it's a really bizarre kind of story that I'm not, I haven't seen a lot of. So I, uh, I think you guys check it out. See what you think. It's on Epics. All right. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Yellowstone, meaning, uh, Greg, this is the season two premiere of Yellowstone. What'd you think? Oh yeah, um, I watched uh, the the whole first season, and I just I really like Kevin Costner's performance. Um, I like um, you know I I compared it a lot with. Uh, You're referring Long- to the show Longmire. Thank you. Yes, um, it has some similarities with it, but um, I like the dynamic that that uh, that this is Kevin Costner, and he has three kids. And his motivation is to just preserve his legacy. But he's being beset from all sides by people who, you know, don't believe that he should have as much wealth as he has. And they want to take his property. Um, And so he's got, he's got, you know, um, I guess you want to call him like, you know, uh, unscrupulous businessmen who are trying to undermine him. Um, but isn't it a little King Leary in that uh, he's trying, like his children, he's trying to decide which one of his children deserve to inherit? Well, that well, yeah, but rightly so. I mean, his children are like just a, a basket of craziness. I mean, you know, they all have their own problems. You know, one of them's going into political office. Uh, one of them is just a crazy alcoholic. Um, and then one of them's got, you know, PTSD from being in the military and is trying to hold you know, his relationship together with his, you know, wife and kid. And, um, and to top it all off, uh, Kevin Costner is dying from cancer. And so, um, you know, his motivation is even, you know, more pressing because, um, you know, his children keep disappointing him and he's just not really sure, you know, um, uh, what, he, you know, what he needs to do to keep everything together before he dies. Um, and this particular episode, so so this is um, season two, uh, episode one, and and uh, this kind of brings us back into the you know the world of the ranch, and um, you know all of the uh, uh, craziness that happens there. Um, it's kind of great that they've they've introduced a, a couple more black characters um, as uh, cowboys to work on the ranch, which is which is nice, um, uh, but uh, uh, pretty gruesomely by the end of the episode. Uh, Kevin Costner like collapses and you think it has something to do with his cancer. And then it turns out that he has an ulcer and they pretty much like cut him open uh, by the end of the episode to uh, try to cauterize an ulcer that he's got um, before they even send him to the hospital. So um, pretty crazy stuff that happens by the end. Nice. But highly, I highly recommend it. It's just, it's just well acted all around. Um, the only part um, I, I like, I like all of the characters 
um, especially everyone who's going after uh, Kevin Costner's character. The only part of the story that I find kind of uh, just just really slow and boring is the one um, uh, uh, one of the sons who um, his you know he's got a he's got a wife and kid and they're estranged right now because he's done some bad things to you know preserve his father's legacy and they just keep kind of going back to that and, and seeing if he can repair his relationship and I, I don't find that very interesting but all the rest of it's great all right. That Yellowstone is on what network? Sundance? Uh, no, it's on Paramount Network. Oh, yeah, everybody, like everybody has that, right? You've got to kind of search for it. You got to like like press the buttons on your remote control. And it so used can... to be Esquire, and then before that, it used to be Spike, and before that, it used to be. <laughs> oh wow! Like the the men's network or the men's channel? Or, I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's like. Do I even have this channel? That's what it is. <laughs> the channel you don't know you have. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Handmaid's Tale season three premiere, and by that I mean Allison. What did you think? Are we in for a good season? Um, it's you know I don't think that anything's <laughs> going to come up. No, no, hear me out. I don't think anything's going to come up to the season one standards, but um, season two kind of frustrated me, especially towards the end. It. it the the whole ending seemed to be just sort of re- ridiculous and Rambo-esque. It's like, oh, yes, sure, June is going to take on Gilead all by herself. It's like, that's that's absurd. And it turned out that it was absurd. And in the very first episode, she gets caught almost immediately. And and uh, the results are not pretty. Um, so I, I think that, you know, they're trying to keep it to a somewhat realistic idea of what she's capable of accomplishing. But in other ways, I think um, they're having her be a lot more uh, loose and less careful than she was before. And that results really in a sense, a, a, a less intense level of, of tension and, and in, you know, uh, danger that you get from the first season you don't you don't feel like the there's going to be consequences that are as immediate and dire as you constantly had throughout watching season one and so that's that's a kind of a loss um also they're trying to to get june and and serena joy to be kind of working on the same page and uh, I was I was becoming very frustrated with that because Serena Joy is a horrible person who cannot be trusted. <laughs> and and fortunately, in, in the most recent episode, they acknowledged that, which was nice. It's like, oh, we, we aren't becoming completely delusional on that ac- aspect. It's just June kind of has been kidding herself as far as that's concerned. But but, you know, I I think it's better than season two definitely i'm watching it i'm enjoying it i think it has important points that it it's making and uh it's it's still just as well done and well acted as it's ever been i just think that in some ways it's lost that sense of of real danger and terror and dread um that was so much a part of of season one and I think that's because, you know, we were dealing with such a contained story. And now that they've opened things up, and it's interesting to see other parts of this world, but at the same time, it's kind of 
mitigated uh, a lot of the the sense of of dread and terror that we had before um and uh, they they did introduce the this new character well actually he was introduced in season two um of the character of commander lawrence um who's played by um oh god uh <laughs> i've forgotten his name from west wing um give me, give me a clue uh, Who did he play in he, West Wing? Um, and now I Oh, Bradley Whitford. Thank there you. There you go. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, Bradley Whitford um, plays Commander Lawrence, and he is this very weird, enigmatic character because on the one hand, he'll do things that seem to be kind and considerate. He goes out of his way to to help and ask, actually rescue certain uh, women's women you know when when they are in need of his help and on the other hand he'll he'll be abusive and nasty and play mind games with people and you having you're having a very hard time pegging this guy so he's he's fascinating in that sense uh, and i still haven't figured out his character really i haven't nailed him Okay. Uh, which I appreciate a lot. So his character is interesting to watch. So I would I would say if you if you have been if you watched the show before uh, and were wondering if maybe you know the the ending of season two left you thinking uh, maybe this is going off in places I don't want to go, you should check it out and see it. Um, I think if you haven't watched it before, you should certainly at least watch season <laughs> one. And um, yeah, I, I I recommend it. I don't know where how they're going to end, whether it's going to end well in this season, but at least so far they definitely have my attention. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Krypton, and uh, it premiered last week, and it's had a second episode this week, and it's about as mediocre as it was first season. So <laughs> is that? I mean, I. I feel weirdly compelled to watch it, mainly because <laughs> of of who they're telling the story about, and it's superheroes on Krypton, and I like the idea of Krypton, and I love the Zods a lot, because yeah. they are by far the most interesting characters on that show. So that's really how they've kept me into the series. <laughs> the, rest of, the rest of the stuff is just a yeah, waste of space. Yeah, they just call it the history of Zod. <laughs> yes. Okay, Greg, you start off. What'd you think? Oh well, I'm still watching it. Um, I think uh, I think all the stuff that's happening on Krypton is is really cool and interesting. Um, there's a lot of tension and a suspense, and I you know, and I really like you know everything that's going on there. But you know, they did this thing in the last season, at the end of the last season, where um, where Seg. And um, Brainiac and Brainiac were like pulled into like the Phantom Zone, but then they just they just kind of turned. I don't know. I, I guess they they didn't really even make that last at all. They're like no, they, of, they were like, and he's out because he has a weird yeah, cool knife. Yeah, and so I look, like, oh, well, it wasn't a knife, you know. And then they've got like the <sighs> other character, and of course they added the the stupid American guy in there. Uh. I guess. For some time. <laughs> Stupid American, you mean Adam Strange? Yeah, Adam yeah, Strange is terrible. Adam, yeah, he's he's the stupid American guy. They could completely omit his character and dialogue from the story, and it would have no. He, he exists character. so Europeans can feel superior to him. <laughs> 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 that's, 
That's pretty much okay. it. I was gonna say, Tom, you were you just have... down on bland white guys today. <laughs> so, Tom, what did, what did you think? Because you haven't talked actually in a couple of minutes. I thought it was fine. I mean, as cool as the Phantom Zone visuals were, and of all the TV versions of Phantom Zone, that's the coolest version we've seen. The Supergirl did their version, and Smallville did their version. I thought it was a striking visual, but it was good that we got them out of there sooner versus later because that you know a little bit of something cool gets old after a while um the i mean let's just jump ahead lobo Mm. and sci-fi is so high on lobo that they're developing a series for him are you kidding me i am not kidding oh my god oh i can't stand that character here's the thing i cannot stand lobo as a character i mean He's kind of, I'm not sure where Lobo falls. If he, I think he predated Deadpool, but for me, they're both, bleh. I, I just no, don't just like. I'm just talking about com- this actor's performance of him is terrible. Uh, you know, I think that I didn't mind the performance. I mean, I just, I hate the character. I just hate the character. He's supposed to be obnoxious and blah, 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 blah. Don't care. Well, he got that um, down. Yes. Yeah. But... I, I thought I thought it was kind of funny when he calls uh, Seg Siegel because for <laughs> fanboys and fangirls in the know, that's where the t- that's where the name Seg L came from. It's spelled a different yeah. way in the comics, but it is a tribute to Superman's co-creator. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, you know, the the most interesting thing. I mean, the Brainiac actor is kind of cool. And what they've done with Brainiac is kind of cool. So the revelation that he's not really dead, that he has somehow implanted part of his consciousness into Seg is interesting. But is I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you that the, the goings-on in Krypton are far more interesting than the goings-on with, the, with uh, Seg and Lobo and uh, uh, Adam. No, but yeah, no I agree. I agree totally with that because the, the Krypton stuff, I... I actually am enjoying the show when we deal with all the stuff that's happening on Krypton and I would like Seg if he was back on Krypton um, but but Lobo is getting on my last nerve yeah. and I have yeah. never liked their, their dopey American hanger on um, and Adam strength Strange. is just terrible. Um, and but the rest of the the rest of the show, you know, if you care, if you if you concentrate on that, all the dynamics happening with the Zods is fantastic. Um, I loved the bit when when we we get to see her mother out in the wilderness, mm-hmm. and she's, she's oh, dealing, yeah. you know, she's talking with her brother, and then at the very end, you realize that he was never there. Um, yeah. Which I mean that that actually. Impressed makes me, more sense that. than him mysteriously being alive. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. No, she just yeah. conjured him up as as just a means of of you know making herself feel like she could get through this and a survival. Uh, just a survival technique. I thought that that was that was brilliantly done, and I also really loved their Phantom Zone. It's I've seen other takes on the Phantom Zone, and this was the only one that actually seemed to earn the the name. It's like, yeah. yeah, that's how kind of I would see something like that. Nothing is real. If you see anything, it's like a ghost. It's a phantom. So it's it, it actually seemed to live up to that that name. It looked like a place you could go crazy in. 
And uh, I I really appreciated that. So that was that was nicely done. How crazy was it when Lyda has that recruit that reminds her of Seg? And she beats the crap out of him. him. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wait a minute. I thought she was in love with the guy. And then she's like beating the crap out of him because Because he's because he because she knows it's not him. It's not him. Yeah. (laughs) But but I love what I love what Druzad tells her. It's like, is he going to be okay? That depends. Can I see him again? <laughs> he might pull through. <laughs> that was a great line, actually. I like that. Yeah. See, the Zods are awesome, man. Yeah. What's, what's fascinating, and I have a little bit of inside knowledge because I watched the interview on DC Universe with uh, the actors who play Seg and Drew Zod, is that clip in the... F- when he, when Drew when uh, Seg is in the Phantom Zone and sees Drew Zod strangling Lyda, mm-hmm. that may be a that may be future. Basically, right. that's the future. So even though Zod's, I mean, w- well, Seg's kind of screwed up from his time in the Phantom Zone because even though he was only there for six months in in our standard time, it feels like this you know hellish eternity. But it'll be interesting to see if there's a realignment of allegiances once he returns, because everybody thinks he's dead. Right. Although, because Grandpa got out, because Val got out, he they they suspect that he, that uh, Seg might be able to get out too. But I don't know. I really like what they've done. As bad as prequel television shows and movies can be. They put some interesting twists on this, especially the twist that Drew Zod is is Segel's son, yep. which means he's Jarrell's half brother. Yep, which is crazy. Interesting. I like it. Yeah, which makes the betrayal that happens later that sets everything off even better. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Um, I think we're giving it. Mostly thumbs up, sort of sideways thumbs up. Lobo, Lobo Lobo stuff sides down or thumbs oh. down. <laughs> Actual Krypton stuff, thumbs up. All get right. get yeah. Seg back to Krypton. Yeah, yes. I'm still going to watch. I'm still going to watch. Yeah, yeah. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So we can talk about the Sarge and May episode and the Fitzsimmons episode. So let's talk about the first one first, which was Sarge and May, which by, to me was my favorite because you know me i'm i'm partial well to, of the two yeah <laughs> right i'm i'm partial to some may and and sarge tension in a way that made me uncomfortable and excited at the same time oh my God. Uh, well mainly because it was like he was screwing with her it was very emotional he was screwing well, with he... her because he he realized that he had an effect on her and he was using that to his advantage uh, but he was or also so he thought so he thought he thought he was going to turn her flip her and get her to join his team uh, which I mean if I saw Bay, I'd totally want to recruit her to be part of my team as well um, but that didn't quite go the way he anticipated <laughs> no it did not because she's May I know and she's awesome <laughs> and I like the flash I like them incorporating the flashbacks in there where uh, we got to see like you know their last moments together oh, I and everything. Not. I thought that was a time wasting event. <sighs> Says you, you non shipper. Bite your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel sorry for Clark Gregg because he has to go from playing a character that he's played and knows well for five years and several movies to this complete 
different, completely different, totally different guy who seems to be kind of evil. He, he's a little. Bit I think evil. he's enjoying it. He looks like he's having a great well, time. I actually him. asked him at WonderCon. I asked him. Tell, uh, tell us, Libya. <laughs> I said, "Well, like, how do you like playing this totally different character?" He was like, "I hate it." <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said he was. I thought you said he. It's weird, man. It's, it's it is weird, but he didn't. He just said he doesn't like it because he doesn't get to have the same connections, relationships <coughs> with his uh, fellow actors, and he has to he play he has to play it completely different, and he has to keep reminding himself he's not Coulson, but he's surrounded by everything that tells him that he's Coulson. You know, it'd be different I, if he was like on a different movie set or something like that. But he's not. He's still surrounded by all the same people. I wish they develop his supporting Sarge's supporting crew a little bit more. Other than the because, crazy butterfly chick. Yeah, because they just seem to be very one note stereotypes. And yeah. well, they've killed off half of them at least. Well, tr- this is true. I, don't we still have that one big dude? And well, then... I think we still have butterfly chick because I don't think he... yeah we and still we have, have but- her and we and still we have, have butterfly the big guy. But but yeah. I, the the other guy was more interesting to me because he looked like he had doubts about what he was doing, which is why they that's so, why Sarge made sure he didn't make it. Yeah, but that's that's what would make him an interesting character. Right. You know, it's like play up the guy who's conflicted. Right. Yeah. But, oh well. <laughs> not, not <laughs> but it so also but there. but it was more they used him to show how ruthless Sarge is. Yep. That was kind of the point. Um, but oh, yeah. did you? Go ahead. Wasn't that the first episode where we saw Deke back? Uh, yeah. No, that that was the one before where we saw Deke back. This one was he had captured May, and That's it was right. more one on one between the two of them, which was why I liked the episode. And we had cool flashbacks, Greg. No. Cool flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, or as Greg says, places where you could fast forward on your DVR. Yeah, and that is what was <laughs> fast forwarding through the. Uh, I watched the first couple, and I was like, oh, no, no. You're not going to do this for the whole episode, are you? And they did. Uh, blasphemy. All right, so <laughs> then the other relationship we spent a lot of time with, which was Fitzsimmons, and we spent... Oh, wait, 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 wait. One more thing about the previous week. Didn't we get the fallout from what, from Yo-Yo's dead, dead new boyfriend? What was the fallout? What do you mean? The fallout was, oh, yeah. you know, Matt questioning himself and blah, 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 blah. Hmm. No. Wasn't that the same? Oh, whether or not he still has feelings for yeah. for Yo Yo? Yeah, we know that he has. We know that him. he does. We we know he's got feelings for Yo Yo, and the only reason he broke up with her was because he was afraid it was going to twist his judgment, or it was yeah. going to make it difficult. It was stupid, and and I'm mad that it happened off screen. So now we have to guess at what was going on. It's kind of annoying. Well, I, I yeah, I, I don't like the way that they played that whole thing mainly because they had so much of it off screen right and then they they give her you know a token red shirt <laughs> that they sacrifice yeah it's why like, did they dude, kill him he's like well, he wasn't important it's it, it was about it's about yo-yo and mac he it's was about just, yo-yo and yes. mac but still it, it, it it's still it's such a lazy trope to introduce the again a third leg of a triangle just to dispatch him so Quickly and so summarily. I mean, and they should have at really least had red waited all over him. He really did. Yeah, seriously. It's like what you know. You were counting down the seconds that he was going to die from the time he showed up. <laughs> all he needed to say was, "I'm a family man. I'm getting ready to retire soon." <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Speaking of tropes, yes. Yeah, so let's talk about Fitzsimmons. 
So this episode was basically let's be in each other's heads and get to know each other better and be weird where Simmons turns into a little girl and Fitz has to babysit her. That was not oh, weird Oh, and at all. when Simmons turns into freaking Ringu. <laughs> what the frick was... Okay, as I'll just opening salvo. As much as I hate when shows go to lazy tropes, they did find the interesting twist. (laughs) The fact that there was all this animus underneath. I mean, despite the fact that they are deeply in love and soulmates, there is still this animus that had been brewing for years. (laughs) And, and, And longer, if you consider the time jump. So it was interesting to let to see them let that all hang out. So the concept, I'm like, oh, geez, an alien mind machine that makes you relive your worst fears. <laughs> but at least they did something interesting with it. Well, and then they had that icky scene of of the of the ring chick with the Seriously. evil Gestapo. Fitz. Oh, that was hysterical. Leopold. I, was, I thought that was I hilarious. Was dying. <laughs> my, my wife came in like halfway through the episode, and when that happened, we both started laughing because it was so unexpected. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, how are they going to fight their way out? Are they going to talk their way out? Are they going to. Oh, wait, they're all making, they're making out? What? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, I like that they actually got into a real fight. Yes. Uh, yeah, because they never fight, they avoid each other. They do all kinds of things, but they never actually fight. And so I did enjoy that. Because she's got her box. She can put all her bad stuff in that box. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you're so English. Creature. You're so English. Because <laughs> she represses. Uh, but I'm like, which way is better, repressing or having an alternate personality? Like, I'm not Neither. sure. I was like, I'm not sure either one of those is great. Neither. Uh, all right. Uh, any other comments before we move on? They really should have thrown May in the flashback. Come on, people! In the flash, which fl- when, oh. when they were having when they were having flashbacks and fantasy versions right. of characters, we, we got to see almost everybody in the cast except for May. What the frick? <laughs> uh. All right. Uh, next up, ep- next up, we're going to talk about Jessica Jones, but we're only going to talk about the first four episodes. Whatever. Because- people can't watch TV fast enough. Uh, it's called Some binging of us have at lives. Your, I was like binging at your own pace. My pace is apparently slower than your pace. Oh, that's the whole point of binging. There is no pace. It's as fast as possible. <laughs> I'm sorry if if it had, if this season had hooked me like other seasons of uh, Netflix Marvel shows, I would have binged faster. But oh. they put yeah. there's way too much Trish in the show. It's called Jessica Jones, not her itchy. Trish. Icky friend. Well, okay, well, now that you've seen at least three episodes, I'm going to say it doesn't get any better. I mean, the whole oh, season no, pretty no, much really about doesn't. Trish. That's what kept me from finishing last season. Yeah, Trish I'm like, is just... Trish is my soul. I hate her so much. And then at the end of episode four, uh, Jessica calls her and's like, we're going to be partners. She's like, and then she goes, On the home shopping... On, on America's shopping network. <laughs> no, places. it's like, what? <laughs> like, you don't have her phone number? Why are we calling her on the air? Like, yeah, that was weird. And so she's like, I'm going to use her as my secret weapon. I was like, well, if you hadn't called her on national television, then maybe yes. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah. And by the way, what is her superpower? Extreme balance? Yes, basically, and she could fight really well and do parkour. The power to annoy. Yeah. Oh my god. She's like super gymnast. They really it, never, you know, get it really 
clear what exactly she does in the comics uh, the character is her character is named hellcat and i know that there's an episode coming up in the last in the the back half of the season called aka hellcat yeah they never actually Uh, say that name though in the context (sighs) of the show so it's just i just i mean the villain now that they've revealed him is slightly interesting not yet he's not the villain is good Oh, I, see, oh. I disagree. I think I, I think he's he's incredibly boring. He's just I mean, and especially because he's well, I'm comparing him the, to we're into the third ep, we're into the third season of this and it's the last season of this. And you'd think they'd want to work their way up. I mean, we started with Kilgrave. Who exactly. was and we're just going down, down, going down, boom. going down. Exactly. Down, That's down. what I was thinking. I, mean, I was this like, guy this is just a generic serial killer you know it's just uh, the the standard issue psychopath who thinks he's smarter than everybody else and by uh, the way they try to say that he is smarter than everybody else but they say it they never demonstrate it oh, he never does no. anything that's particularly well when, when, when people talk oh, yeah. instead of showing that always well, that's towards, not yeah good. yeah because the end he does kind of outthink everybody yeah but only because everybody else. Hey, is hey, stupid. hey, hey, guys! First la, la, four la, episodes. La, 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 la. No, I'm not giving any. I'm not. I'm no, not giving any, any spoilers whatsoever. But what I'm saying is, when you have uh, a guy who's supposed to be super, super smart, and you can only demonstrate that by having your heroes behave like complete idiots, um, that's that doesn't convince me that he's a super genius. And right. and that's really you know kind of where they went with this character. I the I like the actor. I remember him from the Nick, where he played uh-huh. kind of a very similar character, but with glasses. Uh, and he, he you know he seems to excel at playing little weasels, and he does that very well. But the character is just boring, and and not equal to a superhero. We don't you know if, if or if a supervillain. Yeah, I. That's. I mean, he's just not. He's just not proper material for a superhero. Well, I don't, to yeah, it's like if, if he's not Kilgrave, that's for I sure. I feel like yeah, it's he's not villain. He's not a supervillain. That's true. Yeah. No. And and you, if you're gonna go out, go out well. And I have to say, the storyline with uh, Hogarth is boring the crap oh. out of me. Mm-hmm. And it never goes anywhere particularly interesting. I mean, she just continues to do kind of the same thing she's been doing for two seasons. But why are they getting and, her so like, much she screen never time this season? It doesn't make but any why sense. To fill 13 episodes. Oh, there is a lot Netflix, of filling. Net, Net, Netflix bloat strikes again. Yeah. Oh. I think kind of like the Hogarth story. Oh, because... no. Shoot me. Why? No. no, because, you know, she has, I mean, she has pretty much decided, you know, you can you can just see from the character that she has she has been so driven in her entire life that she has pushed everyone away. I mean, even if you saw, I mean, even when she was married, you know, yeah. she was even you know I cheating see all on her, of that. But what she's she doing now? Her wife accidentally? And, yeah, and only now that she knows that she's going to die, she's like desperately trying to go and find anyone who gave her any affection anywhere in her life. Yeah, but the way she's doing it is so ridiculous. She doesn't want to die by herself. I get that, but the way she's doing it is so underhanded and so ridiculous that it makes me feel zero sympathy for her. I know, but it's almost like she doesn't even know how much of a sociopath she is. I mean, she just... she. I mean, it's almost like she's tricking herself into thinking that she actually loves... Um, you know, her college what was a college roommate, I think it was something like her college girlfriend. Yeah, her, her or whatever. School, yeah, yeah but it's it's not compelling at all because she's a freaking like you said, she's a sociopath. 
And because yeah. she's and a she sociopath, she doesn't she No, doesn't and everything she's doing is terrible. And I don't want to watch her do terrible things to this woman in slow motion. Because that's what it feels like. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I love Carrie Ann Moss. I think she's terrific. And she does give a great performance throughout this. But she, her character is just inert. She never, ever grows. She never, ever learns. It's not an evolution of her character in any way. It's, it's somewhat a progression of her disease. But who cares? As a human being, she never changes. Yeah, she's an awful, awful person. And what was weird is I started having flashes of Cersei. I was like, oh, man, she could have played Cersei. <laughs> so yeah i just felt like she was yeah. the same she was that everything same. she does everything she does backfires on her yeah yeah so nah that storyline was boring i just no i didn't need it at all in my life all right <clears throat> wrapping that up i'm not sure what we're oh, saying about can i, Jessica can I just say how uh, much i hated episode two which really shouldn't have been oh, called Jessica Jones. I it agree. I hated that episode a lot. Pat's, Patsy Walker and her... And her... That's <laughs> Patsy. <laughs> I, I, I did not understand how much they... Because I liked Trish in first season. Then they I did too. Me, they made me Why hate did they her. F this character up starting last season? Yeah, and they made me hate her last season. And now I seriously cannot stand her. Every time she starts to do something mildly good she like undoes it she's like oh what am i thinking and then she'll go he'll backtrack well, the, well then i don't know how you're gonna finish this season because i don't know either that's why we're on episode not. four it does not get better it does not get better <laughs> on that count better no <laughs> yeah because that's why and you I'm know on what? the thing is the thing that i hate about that is that jessica jones is a character who has been essentially betrayed by everybody she knows exactly. she's been a Betrayed or abandoned by everyone, Either including they, the writers. They, <laughs> including the writers. That's but that's the and thing that's that like, drove me crazy through this ep- through this season is that the writers. It's like they're sadists. They're not happy with this character unless they're doing things to destroy her. And in the, I mean, we're getting to the last. Se- they know it's the last season on on Netflix at least. When we got to the last season of Daredevil, at least they wrapped things up. It was to make very nice. And, and Daredevil didn't even know. They again. didn't even know it was going to be their last no, season. They, and they it wrapped it up that, really well. Exactly. They got the characters back together and everything was looking up. And they knew it was the last season with Jessica Jones. And I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but they are just relentless in their cruelty to this character all the way to the end. To the point where by the by the time it finishes, you're wondering... How is she even going on? And and I was. I, was I feel very, like you're telling me I don't need to finish the season. That's what she feels like. I, you're I'm telling saying me. if you if you hate it as much as you do already, um, you're probably not going to like it more by watching. It. I thought it was mean to have hot neighbor guy who played Wildcat on Arrow come by just to you know basically knife her in the front and say I got a new girlfriend so. Just letting you know in case we run into each other. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but my kid can still hang out with you because he thinks you're cool. Yeah, but that was just another example of, you know, how much cruelty can we keep you know, Seriously, on Seriously, it was such a weird scene. Yeah. All yeah, right. Unnecessary. Well, we're wrapping that up, and I'm feeling like that's a thumbs down. Um Yeah. I hate I hate to say it because I loved the first season so much. Yeah, but, so good. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm just not up on this season at all. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I have to say I can't recommend it. 
Alrighty then. If you guys have any questions or comments, you leave them at tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. Listen to us on GetThePointRadio.com, Krypton Radio, We Not Listen iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.